Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. And my name is Duffy Henderson and I'll be your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and benefit of God's people. Here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. If you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in to today's episode, and may the Lord bless it greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, today we have another interview um, in our, sometimes we're, we're going to be uh, sprinkling in these little interviews with some folks that would be helpful for you to get to know as the listener. And today I'm joined by my brother, Kyle Slaymaker. He's an elder um, here at Believer's Baptist Church, and I'll get him just a moment to introduce himself. Uh, I've had a, a, a great time getting to know him and his family um, this year, and uh, he has been here for quite some time. And so I'm interested and, and eager to hear from him and get to kind of get to see his heart for ministry here and kind of what he does at Believers, what he does outside of Believers. Um, he's a lay elder here, so he doesn't actually work here on staff. And so the Lord is using him in, in, in various ways in that manner. But uh, just want to welcome you to this episode, Kyle. Well, How are you doing you. today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Duffy. I appreciate you uh, introducing me, and I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So. We were just talking before we started recording that he and I are both struggling with some allergies today, so forgive us if we're hacking a little bit. We'll try to keep it down while we're recording. Yes, yes. And as you'll hear, as I uh, tell about my history, I didn't grow up around all this stuff, and uh, allergies are something that are new to me, and I've been yes. dealing with a lot lately. Yes, so. yes. Well, and it's interesting. Um, you know, I'm from Texas, been born and raised in Texas, and I have... Never battled allergies quite as bad as being here in Emory. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what it is about it. Um, but anyway, uh, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of you who can relate to that, uh, that battle. But So Kyle, we just want to, first of all, uh, welcome to the episode. Well, thank it's you. Been, I think you've been on one of the episodes. Um, it's been quite some time, though, I believe. Yeah, I did a couple um, episodes. It was probably a couple years ago. But yeah, yeah I did yeah. one with uh, Jason and uh, Jared a few years ago. If you scroll way back in the archives of the Asking for yes, a Friend podcast, yes, you'll find back. Kyle. Yep. <laughs> um, but today, this, this episode is really just about Kyle. I asked him to come on here. Um, if you've already heard um, Jared's episode, which came out um, last week, if you're listening to this currently, um, the previous week's episode, we had an interview with one of our other elders here. He's, a, he's on staff and got to hear his heart for family ministry here. It was a wonderful conversation I had with him. And so Kyle, today, um, we're going to just get him to just tell us, if you've never heard of Kyle Slaymaker, maybe you're listening to this, maybe you're in the Emory or the Rains County area, maybe you're not. Um, just... Kyle, would you give us just a little bit of who is Kyle Slaymaker? Just get the snapshot, maybe your wife, your children, and what you do right now. Absolutely. So uh, I was uh, born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska, so not from Texas like you. Uh, I spent the first uh, 30 years of my life in Alaska. Uh, I met my wife up in Alaska. We were uh, married uh, going on 18 years ago now. Uh, we were married up in Alaska, and she had some family down here. We'd come down and visit and love the area. Uh, I had started a new job in Alaska. I was uh, doing medical device sales, which is what I do now. I, uh, I sell equipment for orthopedic surgery. So I go into the OR with doctors and 
make sure our equipment's working good and uh, give them technical expertise as they do surgery on patients. So sounds like you have a very interesting job. It is. It is. I enjoy it. It's it's different every day. Uh, I get to be get to see a lot of cool things. Get to be around a lot of smart people, and it's a I, I enjoy it a lot. So uh, I've been doing that now for going on 14 years. So wow. I've been doing that for a long time. Um, but so I started doing that. Uh, a good friend of mine was doing that, and he invited me or asked me to come join him. And so I, I started doing that. And I told him at the time that we were looking to move. And he was like, all right, well, give me give me two years. Just give me two years, and then you can go wherever you want. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. So I gave him three years up in Alaska. And uh, we uh, had our first son, Caleb, in uh, 2010. And my wife and I were talking, and we're like, you know what? If we're going to make a move, now is probably a great time to do it. Uh, Caleb's young. It would be an easy, easier time for him to move. So after some prayer and consideration, um, we decided to make the move to Texas. So in 2011, we uh, packed up everything we had, sold most of everything we had, and Made the move to drive down to Texas, so that was uh, in the uh, fall of 2011, and have been great here choice, ever since. by the way, yes. for state choice, <laughs> uh, great choice. Yes, well, well that said, my wife's from Texas, so she was looking to get back. We had family, actually, her grandparents owned some property uh, out on Lake Fork. Uh, they had a retirement home out there, and Neat. had talked to us about us uh, buying it. So that was also a good incentive for us to move down. I love to fish, so to have the opportunity to live on the lake was a pretty cool opportunity. Fantastic. So. Well, tell us, I know you've got a few kids. Um, tell us just a little bit about who they are and um, maybe just a, a snapshot of what your life has been like here in Texas for yeah. the last, I guess that puts you 12 years or so, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, going on 11 years down oh, 11 here in years. Texas. Okay. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I have three boys now. I have uh, Caleb, Joshua, and Micah. Caleb is the oldest. He's uh, 12. I have uh, Joshua, who is eight, and Micah, who is five. So we have our hands full with them, but they are a huge blessing. Uh, Natalie, my wife, loves being a mom of boys, so so it's a it's a good thing. Um, we you know we've lived down here. I said uh, for eleven years we uh, actually sold the property uh, that we originally bought. We live here in Emory now, and. Uh, you know, there's a few reasons for that. Uh, it was a smaller home. We were looking to get something a little more size that we could grow into with a bigger family and wanted to be closer to the church. So, uh, you know, really our life consists, really it revolves around our church life. That's the, you know, the first and most important thing to us. Amen. Um, and then, you know, work and family are, are right up there. Really important is also, yeah. but definitely our church life is kind of what our, we like to see our week revolve around. So. Same for us. And around here, it can get pretty busy, can't it? It can. It can get really busy, yes. <laughs> sports, uh, sports, uh, sports take a throw lot of that time. In, yes. Throw that in there, too, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, Kyle, so we, we wanted to um, – I want you to share just a little bit of your testimony. Um, it doesn't have to be anything in-depth, but just kind of give um, – I know we've had a, an influx of new members and uh, uh, visitors in the last couple of years at Believers – and since you've been here so long, maybe not everyone's had the opportunity to really get to know you and get, get to know how the Lord has worked in your life, say, in the last 10, 15 years. Or um, I'll let you run with that, whatever you want to say there. But just kind of give uh, give the listener um, how you came to know the Lord and 
um, maybe in the last decade or so, how he has really worked in your life. And specifically, we're going to merge into your role here at Believers, but I want to kind of use this, your testimony as a segue into that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was, uh, I was blessed to be raised in a home where both my parents were believers. Um, <clears throat> my dad was a deacon for as long as I can remember. He, uh, he has the heart of a deacon, and he was someone that definitely uh, not only uh, talked the talk, but he walked the walk. I saw him serve week in, week out at the church. Actually, when I was about 10, uh, yeah, probably about 10 or 11, we actually moved on to church property, and my parents were... The, uh, what they called the caretakers of the church. My dad had a full-time job. He was a contractor, but we would mow the lawn, clean the church. So really, I was at the church literally every day uh, for, you know, since I was about 10 years old. You were old. literally born and raised at the church. Yes, literally born and raised at the church. So uh, I probably, you know, when I was four or five years old, you know, I said the uh, the Lord's prayer, you know, the sinner's prayer, yeah. and uh, and, you know, who knows? Uh, I can't really, you know, I know I've talked to, you know, several of the other elders. It seems to be a similar situation. I can't really like put my thumb on it 100% when I was, you know, saved or, um, you know, when I was, uh, you know, when I, when I, you know, fully believed, but, you know, I, I can't ever remember a time in my life where I didn't, or it wasn't part of my life. Um, the and way the way I like to put it for myself, I have a similar kind of a situation. I've, I always say, um, I don't know when I got saved, but I know right now that I am saved. Yes, one hundred. That's about all I can tell you. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to put it. Yes, I'm in the same boat. I can't I can't put uh, my finger on a date. Uh, I was baptized when I was like thirteen, fourteen. Uh, that was great. Um, yeah, I remember one time I was, uh, we had a guy at our church who came and, and, you know, gave his testimony for membership. That used to be something we used to do at the church I grew up in. And uh, he goes, you know, as I was, I've, I've heard other people's testimonies and, you know, you hear these great stories about how they were just way off doing all these things and the Lord pulled them out of it and saved them. And I always just used to think, man, I, I just, my testimony doesn't look like that. I just don't have a great testimony. But then he was like, you know what though, really I have the best testimony because I never, you know, I never had to go through all that stuff. The Lord, he preserved me and kept me close. And That's good. And That's good. Even though, you know, I can't say, you know, I lived a perfect life. I definitely have screwed up more times than I can count. But, you know, the Lord is always, uh, you know, the Lord's always held, held me close. And, uh, you know, I've never uh, strayed too far away. Yeah, so. and I, I, man, I, that rings true for me as well because I was born and raised in church, more or less the same um, from from wee little all the way. And I was a part of some situations in my life where the Lord, I can look back now, and the Lord kept me from, I, I probably dipped my toes in, mm-hmm. but the Lord kept me from falling in. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Like there there are times in my life, groups of, of people, a situation here or there that I can look back and the Lord kept me in spite of my own ignorance and absent-mindedness. Yes, 100%. I (laughs) agree with you. I don't have that story either, but it it wouldn't have taken much for it to be. Yep, yep, I agree. By God's grace. By God's grace, 100%. So, uh, yeah, the church I was raised in was just, it was a great church. It was a non-denominational church, uh, strong Bible-teaching church. I grew up... uh, you know, learning the learning the word. Um, it was just it was a great church to be around. Great people. 
it was the same pastor, uh, you know, from the time I was, could remember, we've had the same pastor at the church. I actually lived next door to the pastor. So he was like a second dad to me. His son and I were really close friends. So it was just, I was, I was just, I was really blessed to, uh, to be raised in that environment. Praise God. Um, and so fast forward, uh, you know, my wife, uh, you know, we met, she actually, uh, you know, she was coming to church with me. And so when we were moving to Texas, you know, we were obviously that was kind of number one on our radar to do when we moved to Texas was to find a good church. And so we visited numerous churches around the area. Uh, we were, you know, we were wanting to find something, you know, close to home so we could serve. Uh, we were struggling to find something. We found a few churches about an hour away that we really enjoyed, but it was just, it was too hard for us to get involved. So we were really looking for something close that we could serve in. Um, in Alaska, the church we came from did the Iwana program. And so we were looking for a church, you know, we, we had Caleb who was young, we're like, Hey, let's just maybe find somewhere he, he can start going to Iwana. And that's how we, you know, came across Believers Baptist Church. So, uh, c- came across Believers Baptist Church, you know, was going to come to Iwana and, uh, came and really the first Sunday I was hooked, uh, our, our pastor Jason was, uh, preaching a sermon on false teachers and was just bringing it. And you knew, truth. knew this was the place for <laughs> yes, you, right? I was like, man, <laughs> I was just out there like, amen. I mean, he was not, he was just preaching the word and it just, it, I knew, uh, I knew right out of the gate that, uh, this was the place for, for me and my family. So, uh, I don't think we went anywhere else after we visited here for the first time. And that was, that was spring of about 2012. So it took us about six months to find it. But after we found the church, uh, yeah, we, we didn't go anywhere else. So y'all, so. Th- y'all been here basically, uh, 10 years then. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. We've been here for 10 years now. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm thankful for that. Cause I just got here and it's, it's nice to have some folks who, who are here, but have been here for a while. Yeah. And there is something that, um, is to be said, a listener, maybe you have been a part of a church. Like, um, I wasn't raised in a situation, um, uh, like Kyle, I, we we church hopped. I don't have a home church. Never never had a necessarily a home church, and we've been all over the or we we went all over the place, and uh, I can see the value in longevity in a church. You find a place that you know that is a solid place for you and your family, and you just plant your feet and let your children, let your family grow, be discipled by that community. There's something to be said for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up, my closest friends, you know, my community didn't revolve around my school or my school buddies. It revolved around my church and my church buddies. You know, those were my closest friends, you know. And I mean, as I said, the ones you got in the biggest mess with, too. (laughs) Yes, yes. uh, Me and the pastor's son, uh, we we got into some trouble around the church. Uh, Yeah, we we were notorious for uh, breaking windows around the church. We loved to play baseball. That was our our thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we would go in the backyard and not too, uh, you know, not too smart. We would play with hard baseballs in the backyard and break church windows. So yeah, we, we did get into some trouble there, but I mean, it was just such a blessing that, you know, my just, yes, our, our, my, our, my roots were very strong in the church. You know, my kind of, my identity was built around the church and my friends there, my closest friend to this date, even though I did go to school with him, we went to church together. Uh, he is a, he's a missionary now overseas, but he is, he is my closest friend. And you know, so those cool. are the relationships that, that have just endured, neat. uh, over the years. So, very, very neat. Yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of turn the ship and we want to 
use this last portion of the of the podcast today. And I would love for you, Kyle, to maybe just talk about a couple of, and I know this is kind of off the cuff for you right now, but talk about maybe one or two specific highlight moments of you being a part of Believers since coming. You've been here 10 years. Maybe something that just sticks out to you that's just been a tremendous time uh, in you, maybe you and your wife's life here. Maybe it was the birth of one of your sons, um, whatever that may be. And then I want to talk to you about your specific role here on the elder team. So yeah. is there anything that jumps out to you right now that has a, a particularly sweet, fond memory of being here in Believers? Um, I mean, as far as like a like a, a specific like place and time, it's hard to maybe like put my finger on one. I mean, when we first came, there was a, a, a young, kind of a young family Sunday school that we got involved in. And that was, that, that time was a really... It was a really, it was a really sweet time. I mean, there was, it was a few years, there was several of us in that Sunday school class and built some good relationships there. And really, it was kind of in that Sunday school, uh, Jim and Tiny were coming to that Sunday school at the time. They were kind of helping kind of lead it at the time. Nice. And just, uh, that's when I really kind of started to grow in my understanding and and kind of my hunger for knowing more and getting deeper into my theology. Um, I was raised as a really strong church. I had good I had a good foundation, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, being in that with that group really kind of helped me grow. Um, I would say Jared coming on board was also just that was a huge time for us. Oh, cool. I mean, just yeah. uh, you know, one of the reasons we we love this church was just kind of it had a lot of young families in it, um, and so just him coming on and just being able to give some direction and and help grow those young families. He and, you know, you probably you'll hear his podcast. You know. He has such a heart for the family. Yes. And so that has been that has been really kind of neat We're to so see blessed in to the have church. Him yes. Here. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh I mean it's just and then I guess other than that, just be being, you know, becoming an elder in the church. I mean, you know, the the Sunday that we uh was able to get up and speak and be ordained, I mean that was just that was an amazing time. Yeah. And uh I feel very blessed to be able to serve the church. I bet in that it was role. frightfully exciting for you, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but yes, no, it, it's it's been great, and I love it. I love I love serving the church. Praise God. So, yeah. Well, that's that's a good segue. So you've been an elder here how long now? I've been an elder since two thousand and eighteen. So okay. it's going on uh, going on four years. Four years, wonderful. So you've been here ten. You've been an elder for. Um, so I just would love for you just to kind of we we've got just a little bit of time uh, before we want to and you. You say whatever you like here. Um, just talk to us about first of all um, what it means to be a, an elder of a church, just in mm-hmm. general, from a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. just in general, and then kind of your specific role because we have an elder team here, multiple elders, mm-hmm. and so all of those components, these different men, uh, have strengths and weaknesses, and you, you kind of all add a component to the what makes the elder team here at Believers Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. So just kind of. I'll let you run with that for a few minutes. Yeah. So what it means to be an elder, you know, I mean, that's something that's uh, probably a little more unique about this church, you know, that you don't see in a lot of, especially Southern Baptist churches is, you know, uh, elders, uh, you know, within the church. So a lot of people don't maybe fully understand what it means to be an elder. Um, I mean, obviously the biggest qualification of being an elder is, you know, the ability to teach. Uh, you know, aside, I mean, as far as qualifications that maybe would separate you from someone who would work in deacon work, right? Sure. So, I mean, the qualifications, um, 
Uh, and we're know. talking specifically First Timothy three, exactly. Uh, First for Timothy three, there. yes, yes, for the for the, what the qualifications are an elder. So, um, you know, when I when I was asked to be an elder, I was teaching Sunday school at the time. Uh, I enjoy teaching. Uh, Sunday, teaching Sunday school is probably one of my favorite things to do, as far as uh, serving the church. Uh, I, I do preach from time to time. I enjoy preaching. It's not uh, something I've done a lot, so it's a it's a nerve wracking experience it's for me. Different, isn't it is. It? it is very different from teaching, but I love the the intimate setting of uh, teaching Sunday school yeah. and being around and uh, just diving into the Word. Um, so teaching Sunday school is something that that I really enjoy doing. Um, you know, as a lay elder, it, it's tough, you know, um, because you, you're, you're trying to juggle a lot of things. You know, you're, you're juggling family, you're juggling work. It's, it's difficult to, to find the time to get everything done that you want to, to get done. Uh, so it definitely takes, you, you definitely have to be structured with your time. You have to be intentional about setting time aside because uh, it's really easy as, as a lay elder to get distracted by yeah. the other things that are going on. Yeah. Your life is so full. And then you have the responsibilities of the church also. Yeah. Like all the other stuff already maxes out your time sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine as a lay elder, I think a lot of what you're doing is, is you're, you're wanting to lead by example, you know, as it talks about in first Peter, you know, you're, you're not what you're not, you know, it says specifically, you're not domineering, but you're leading by example. And that's the way I try to lead. Uh, you know, I want to be a servant leader, Yep. I want people to look at my life and, and that life to be an example to them. So that is one of the most important things I see is, you know, in, in regards to being a lay elder um, is to, to be that example. And, and let me jump in just to distinguish terms here. There, there's not in scripture, there's not a, scripture doesn't delineate between pastoral or, or staff elder and lay elder. That's just kind of something that has organically grown out of when you're putting elders together in a church. Some of them are paid by the church, and that's their job. That's their vocation. And then you have lay elders who they have other vocations, um, quote-unquote secular vocations. Not that there's anything wrong with it. but um, And so those are not necessarily two separate offices. True. The office of elder is... uh, across the board. It doesn't matter if they're being paid by the church as a vocation or if they're, um, and it's not a volunteer, it is a volunteer role in, in the sense of a compensation. Yes. But in responsibility, uh, it's the same level. There's, yes. there's not, uh, for you as a lay elder, there's not a lower standard than a pastoral staff elder. Yes. Right? We just wanted to clarify this. Yes. Things. Yes. Equal, equal playing ground, equal footing. Yes according to scripture. So, yeah. um, so yeah, just talk to us a little about, a little bit about your specific role here at Believers. Um, what, what component do you bring to the table, um, here at Believers in the elder team? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I wear, I wear different hats, you know, as a, as an elder here. Uh, currently I am the chairman of the elders, uh, kind of by, uh, de facto, the, uh, the, our constitution states that the uh, chairman of the elders cannot be a staff elder, but a lay elder. And yeah. I'm currently the only lay elder. So uh, I was up for that task. And really all, all being the chairman of the elder means is I, I assemble the, uh, the agenda uh, yep. when we have our elders meetings. We meet uh, monthly, typically on the second Sunday of the month. So 
I get with uh, the other elders and I, I assemble the agenda for the meeting. Uh, I also kind of help run the meeting, you know, kind of keep things moving along, you know, and as he we does, meet. he does a good job, by the way, whoever's <laughs> listening, he does a great job of running our meetings. Yes. Yes. So I, I kind of get that all together, uh, kind of help, uh, help run the meeting. So that's kind of one of the administrative tasks that I have, um, also, you know, as the elder group, it is our, our responsibility to, to set the budget uh, or to assemble the budget uh, for the following year. So we're actually coming up on budget season right now. Oh, yeah. Um, as an elder team, we assemble the budget, but I'm kind of the, I'm kind of the numbers guy. So the elders kind of get to meet, you know, we all get together and they go, Kyle, this is what we'd like. And I go home and I, I crunch the numbers and I'm, I can either be the bearer of good news or the bearer of bad news. I come in and go, hey, okay, well, we got enough money in the budget for this, but not necessarily uh, for everything that uh, we want to do. So, Or uh, you're the guy that says, come on, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's right. That's right. We can't do this. <laughs> so so I, do a, I do a lot of budget work as well. Cool. I, uh, I sit on the finance committee uh, as the uh, elder representative to the finance committee. And so I'm, I'm very involved in the, uh, the finances of the church as well. Um, and then as I said, I've not done it as much lately because we've been going through the 1689 during the Sunday school hour, but I also, uh, am involved in teaching. So yeah. I'm involved in, in teaching Sunday school, uh, preaching, uh, when the, the opportunity is available. I preached, uh, last month. I'm going to be preaching again next month. Yeah. So yeah. it's something that I'm growing in. And, uh, last month when I preached, I, I enjoyed it more than the first time I preached, and I'm looking forward to the next time. Wonderful. So that's growing in it and uh, <laughs> excited for the opportunities to do more of it. That's excellent, so, man. Yes. Good, good. So um, maybe one other kind of probing question about about your role here. Speaking of budget, and because that's every church has a budget, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's it can become a uh, – it's something that can be – Un, very unspiritual mm-hmm. at times. Um, when when we are talking calendaring, um, when Jason and Jared and I talk about the just the life of the church week to week, and it can all become some of those tasks can become really unspiritual. Mm-hmm. They they can become real mechanical, and I just got to get it done. But we have to, and I know that this is a struggle for you. It's a struggle for me, and I'm in vocational ministry keeping these things in the forefront of our minds and at the same time reminding that this is fundamentally, uh, it, it's co- it's a component of the discipleship of this church mm-hmm. with whatever we're doing. Yeah. Whether it's we're planning a calendar event, you're running numbers in a, in a budget, you're talking, you're in a finance meeting or something. All of this is for the benefit and the growth of God's people in some form or fashion. Absolutely. Not, e- even if you're not preaching or teaching. Yeah. And so um, that that balance is hard to find sometimes. It is, it is, and especially the budget. You know, um, you know, there, there's a, there's actually a great book. Uh, and it's called Budgeting for a Healthy Church. Uh, it's a nine marks book written by Jamie Dunlap. So if you're interested in church budgeting, uh, that one would be a uh, one I would recommend. I, I know reading. we have a huge viewership or yeah, listenership just... for church budgeting <laughs> on this. <laughs> so some of the things I'm going to say now are not you know uh, unique to me, but you know they're, they're kind of taken from the book. And, uh, and and you're and you're right where the budget. You know, a lot of times we think of it as just numbers on a spreadsheet, but really what the budget says or what we have in that budget speaks volumes as to what the church is and what the priorities of the church is, 
right? That's so, right. That's um, right. What we value in this church or any other church, you can often see it reflected in the budget of that church. Exactly. What is the... Uh, ooh, speak to that a little bit. Yeah. And so, you know, for example, you know, I mean, some churches may spend you know, a huge amount of their budget on missions. Uh, in fact, the church I came from, they spent a huge amount of their budget on missions. Uh, and it was really neat. Um, we supported missions, missionaries from all around the globe. And that was, that was a huge part. And that was reflected in the budget. Um, in our church, you know, we're, we're a smaller church, but we have a high value on the preaching and teaching of the word. Uh, we put a high value on the word. And so we, You'll see that reflected in our budget where we support our pastors and our pastoral staff well. We want them to be equipped to be able to study and to bring the word to us week in and week out and not be worried about, you know, where their next meal is coming from. We want, you know, as as the Bible says, you know, we want to take care of those who are bringing the word to us week in and week out. We want to take care of them well. And so you'll see that reflected a lot in the budget here at Believers Baptist Church. Uh, resources for the pastoral staff, you know, uh, conferences, uh, you know, books, things like that. You know, we work into the budget. Yes, very um, good. You know, at our church also, and you know, you'll see in a lot of churches. You know, we, we're investing in the future generation. Uh, you know, we, we invest a lot of money into into our youth and into our children's programs. Um, that's why we brought Jared on board uh, into the family, right? Because really. That's where that that's where that stems from, right? The church can only do so much, but you know it has to be done at home, and so you know we invest a lot of money into the families and wanting to to uh, you know to equip them to be able to raise up uh, their children, and so um, yeah, so what you see in a church budget definitely reflects what the values of that church are. And so that's, those are things that we, as elders, when we're sitting down and we're looking at building the budget, you know, those are the types of things that we're talking about. You know, where, where are we wanting to go with things? Are we wanting to invest more money in missions this year? Uh, are we wanting to, you know, are we wanting to invest more in the family, you know, with uh, maybe different programs or faith at home? And so those are a lot of the discussions that we're, that we're having uh, as elders as we're building the budget. Nice, good. So you've got a book right in front of you. Um, you said, what was the name of that book again? It's called Budgeting for a Healthy Church. Awesome. I think I've actually seen that book at some point. I, I have not read it because it's not been something that I've been <laughs> super interested. I probably should read it, to yeah, be honest with yeah. you. Um, if anybody knows me, knows that I'm a consumer of books, uh, and I do an insane amount of reading. So that's actually one I haven't read yet. Okay, well, there you go. I got one for you. <laughs> Well, talk to us just a little bit about um, maybe the, the a struggle or a, a difficulty in um, working through the budget, and, and we'll wrap up the episode in just a minute. But that's the time of year we're in right now. You know, we're, we're going to be, you're, you're working on that right now. All of us are working on our various ministries budgets, thinking about um, what goes or what stays in, maybe what, what, what is cut, um, where allocation of certain funds are. And all of those things. Do you have any uh, just um, words of wisdom as you're working through that, or anything like that? Yeah, um, we've been pretty blessed. You know, we we have a church that's that's been very faithful in their giving, and uh, we have a finance committee that that wants to support the elders and the elders' work. Um, 
you know, there, there's always challenges, you know, in budget where expenses may be different than what you budgeted and you have to look at those and go, okay, do we need to increase spending here or increase spending there? Um, you know, we have an aging building, so maintenance costs are getting more and it's, it's always tough to like put money towards the building and like having to take money away from other things that like, oh, it'd be such a great thing to be able to give more to missions this year. It'd be such a great thing to be able to buy more books for the faith at home, but uh, we need a new air conditioning unit, so we got to put money in the bank for that. And yeah, anticipating a, breakdowns yeah. and repair and all of these things. Yeah, 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 it is a tough thing to divert money from yeah. from ministry to uh, to having to kind of take care of the nuts and bolts of the church. But then again, you know, those are those are the types of things that you yeah. know we, we have to consider. And but take all care of it's of, necessary, right? It is. It, all it of is. it has. All of it's important. Yeah. Because the building houses us, yeah. you know, and so th- those are those are difficult things to work through. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in all, I mean, it's a, I mean, you know, staying humble and being equitable with the other people as you work through it, and yeah. uh, and, and overall, it's 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 usually been a good time. It's been a fruitful time. It's there's not a lot of conflict, at least uh, in our church as we as we work through the budget. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't really have, there's never, oh, there's never yeah. been like a monumental yeah. blow up, like over the budget. <laughs> praise God. Yes, well, thank hey, goodness. Yes. That's praise a praise the Lord to for the that. Lord for that. At least as far as I've been doing it. So yeah. perfectly um, that continues. That's so. not the case everywhere. Yes. Yes. Uh, I've heard some, some wild and hairy stories there. Okay. So last thing I want to, I'll let you just free reign, however, however long or short. Um, if you were talking to a, uh, let me phrase it this way. What's something as a lay elder here at Believers Baptist Church that would be really helpful to either a church member here or maybe someone else who attends a church, not even anywhere near here, something that would be helpful for them to continue to encourage their pastoral staff? If your church doesn't have a group of elders, maybe you just have one pastor and a group of deacons, or if you're in an elder-led church, um, where there's multiple pastors there. Um, at, during these times of budgeting and um, kind of these nuts and bolts of behind-the-scenes uh, administrative work, how can, how can there be some encouragement from the, from the church body? Because it's discouraging work sometimes being in, um, in, in pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, what, what would you love to, to share, like part of your heart for, for the church members um, viewing their pastors and how they can encourage and come alongside their, their pastors or pastor during more difficult times like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we always covet the prayer of the, uh, of our members. So definitely be in prayer for them, especially a prayer for us during this time. Um, and then also, uh, you know, I, I think it's good if, if, uh, members are willing to give their input on things, um, now understand, you know, not everything, not every idea that, that a member may have may be able to get into the budget, but, um, you know, especially if, uh, if, if there's a ministry or a need that you see in the community that the elders may not be aware of, if you can bring that to us, um, understand it may not work out, but, um, you know, to, to be able to kind of come along and, and, uh, and, and share with us and, and, help us to maybe identify some needs or to identify some ministries that are, is really helpful. Um, you know, being involved in the process uh, is something that uh, is that can be helpful for, for members as well. Um, as far as encouragement goes, I mean, you know, we're, 
it's it's hard. It's 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 a hard work. Uh, it's you know there's there's a lot of things to consider. Um, so just uh, you know being gracious with us, being understanding. Uh, you know we we're we're trying to you know we're we're doing our we're we're trying to do um, what we uh, trying to think about how to phrase this. Um, you're doing your best. Yes, we're doing our best. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, what thing? What came to mind? And this may spark something for you, but what came to mind is the sometimes um, a church member will approach a pastor of the church with an idea or something that really it, it means a lot to them, but it will come across as an expectation for you to act mm-hmm. and to. Uh, hear them and do something, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there is a balance with there's we we you know we love to hear from our people, yes. But at the same time, it's it can sometimes be burdensome to have everyone expecting their uh, ideas or preferences or their uh, whatever they would like done to be done yeah and it's don't that's not, not a feasible and don't be thing. shocked if yes. uh, if you come to an elder and say hey i see this need in the community yeah, and yeah. you go okay great you yeah. know we'd love for you to head it up right <laughs> i mean because i mean you know yes. the, the elders and uh especially yes. the staff elders they are juggling so yeah. many things yeah. and so um i mean it's awesome if someone recognizes a need and yeah. and we can support that need but we need we need the feet on the ground to be able to to take care of that so yeah, as a member if you're willing to take you know run with that that's and that is a huge blessing and, and a huge encouragement. That's so. right. And just a reminder, like if some, if if you have, if you ever approach your pastor, this may you may have ha- had this happen to you, where you are excited about something at your church and you approach your pastor about it, and he's just totally uninterested, or it never, nothing ever happens. Don't always assume that that you're that you're unimportant. Mm-hmm. It just means that not everything can get done. And there's other people there too. And so we, we really, as a church body, as a local church body, unity of, of mind and focus um, really has to be present there because we are, it's not just an individual, it's a, it's a group of us in a local church. Yeah. And so specifically in budgeting times or calendar planning issues or uh, whatever the case may be, it's wonderful to hear input, yes, right? it is. But without the... Um, the the expectation placed and the burden of, but are you going to do something? Exactly. Or why don't I get my way? Yes. Or those types of things. Yes. Yes. You said it very well. Yes, I agree. Um, and those are just those are those are hard to balance. Um, I know that uh, being on staff, you know, being in a staff meeting at a church, and I, I have a an idea of something or a preference of something. I know that I I don't I will not always get my way if ever you know, yeah. but. I still am happy to offer input. You know, it's the same same sort of situation. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Kyle, it's been wonderful to have you on today, and uh, I've enjoyed uh, talking with you. And I look forward to in the future having you join us back and uh, kind of get you back in every once in a while. I know it's not your thing, but having you join us on an episode where we uh, on one of our regular episodes where yeah. we talk through a theological question or discuss a a hard question that maybe doesn't have a helpful answer that we would like to hear. But, uh, well, that's it for today's episode, listener. Thank you once again for taking the time to listen to our episode for the Asking for a Friend podcast. And we hope it's been a blessing to you. 
Don't forget, before you go, like and share these podcasts. Um, If you know somebody who might be interested in this or another episode, please share it on social media. Um, You can text them a link, send an email, however you want to get it out there. It would be great for us to to share these with folks um, as a means of grace for them. And don't forget one last thing, that if you go to our website, bbcemory.org, you can go find our page and find the media tab. And what you'll do is scroll all the way to the bottom of there, and there's a, a box that you could submit a question to us to potentially answer in a future podcast date. But until next time, grace and peace be with you all.